Okay, so we're continuing on where we left off last time concerning intercession, staying fixed on the thoughts of God, and how all of that keeps us in this place of um, agreement with Jesus, who is the one, who is the intercessor, standing in the gap, contending for our future. Welcome to a Lifestyle of Perpetual Transformation podcast. I'm your host, Blonde Bosha. My hope is to equip you and drive you into greater spiritual depths with Jesus. I love what Isaiah 50 verse 7 says in the English Standard Version, but the Lord God helps me, therefore I have not been disgraced. Therefore I have set my face like a flint, and I know that I shall not be put to shame. Um, I love this because when we decide to agree with the thoughts of God, when we decide to see his intercession play out in our favor, in our lives, we are saying, we're testifying to this part of scripture. Isaiah 50 verse 7 is playing out when we are saying yes to Jesus. You're interceding on my behalf. I know the thoughts you have for me. They're for my good, for my future, for my well-being, for hope, not for disaster. And the scripture says that I will not be put to shame. It says that God helps me and I will not be disgraced so I can set my face like flint towards him. I can stay in that position of focusing on him. I had a dream where Jesus was my intercessor. He allowed me to see what it's like for him to be the Isaiah 50 verse seven in my life, the Jeremiah 29 verse 11 in my life, the savior that he is, the deliverer, the promise keeper, that he is the fighter who's always victorious. Um, in the dream, I saw him standing between me and all that was mine, my, 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 the things I was called to, the things he wanted to release to me. He was standing between me and a car, a driver who was advancing towards me with rage. But Jesus stood there resolute, like a ferocious type of resolute and would not move. He refused to give the driver access. He refused to give that driver any type of entry into my life. And the more the Lord stood there resolute, the angrier the driver got. So as I saw this playing out, I started to say something in the dream. It's like I was proclaiming something. I'm looking at the driver. I see Jesus on the other, on the other side, standing in that gap in his position. He's not going to move. So I say something and I woke up not knowing what I said. I have no idea what I had said in the dream. But what I saw in the dream was whatever I said, it came out of my mouth like gum. It was so sticky. And that is the essence of victory. When we are focused on the thoughts of God, when we are declaring it, decreeing it, proclaiming it, claiming it for the truth as truth over our lives, we are focused, we're fixed. That's us saying, my thoughts are in agreement with the thoughts of God. What we say are gonna have to manifest the truth that we're hearing in our heads. And because it is the victory of God that he would intercede for us and not fail, whatever we're saying in agreement is going to be sticky. It's going to be as effective as his decision to not move and to block the advancements of the enemy against us. Check out the book of Esther. I know you've probably read it before, but read it again, this time from the perspective of Jesus is your intercessor coming in to block the advancements of the enemy against your life and your destiny. Because Esther, what she was doing was, you know, of course, 
It was for the sake of the destiny of the people of Israel that she stood in as an intercessor. And that's the type of Jesus. Um, but what happened to the people to begin with is they are in a land called Babylon. It's the first um, Persian empire. They are taken there as captives. They have no right to worship the God they know and serve and love and have been um, ordained to, set apart for. They have no permission to serve him. So they're living in darkness. They're living in bondage. It's a place of oppression. So the enemy, at one point, when someone decides, Mordecai, Esther's uncle, or cousin rather, when he decides, I'm not going to bow down to you, you demigod. I'm going to stay in the position that is upright, face like flint towards the one I know is my God. That irritated the enemy, and it caused him to want to decide the future of the people of Israel, which was to destroy it. Destruction was his plan. So when Esther finds, up, finds out about these plans, she has a decision to make. Her cousin said to her, for such a time as this, have you been placed in the palace, a place of influence? So she has to make a decision. Am I going to take on this call of intercession to stand in the gap for my people, for their future? And what's beautiful is when we talk about intercession and agreement, Esther, when she called a fast, when she called for intercession, it wasn't her alone. She did it. She made the decision. But she did it in the company of all the other Jews. She had the people who were serving her in the palace come into that place of agreement as well. And of course, her cousin Mordecai, he was also in that place of intercession. Their thoughts were fixed on one thing, their survival, their future, their destiny, their livelihood. So they have this agreement going on and it's powerful. It's like gum. It's sticky. But what I have to point out is everything that her name points to. She has two names. Esther is her Babylonian name, and it means a star. Stars in the natural are so brilliant that despite their crazy distance out in the galaxy, we could see them on Earth. Not all of them, but there are some that are visible to us on Earth, and they are so far away. But that's the brilliance of a star. Her Jewish name is Hadassah, and it means myrtle. A myrtle means a sweet-smelling evergreen tree. That's what it is. However, <laughs> myrtle is used in scripture to represent Jesus. So here we have Esther, who's giving us an example of what it's like to stand in the gap. The greatest shining star that we all know is our Savior, Jesus Christ. The, the intercessor, he is that brilliance that never fails to guide us. Myrtle, it's repeated in scripture and some, I cannot help but to pull it in because they're so, they're brilliant. Um, Isaiah 55 verse 13 in the Passion Translation says, Cypress trees will flourish where there were only thorns and myrtle trees instead of nettles. These will stand as a testimony to Yahweh's renown, everlasting signs that will not be cut off. Cypress trees will flourish where there were only thorns 
and myrtle trees instead of nettles. They will stand as a testimony of Yahweh's renown. Isaiah 41 verse 19 in the English Standard Version, it says this, I will put in the wilderness the cedar, the acacia, the myrtle, and the olive. I will set in the desert the cypress, the plain, and the pine together. (laughs) These two scriptures, um, they're speaking of a promise. They're both talking about how God has promised that his kingdom will advance and he will bring multiplication on earth. Where there was desolation, where, where there was barrenness, where there was emptiness, he's going to fill it up. He's going to release life into it again. The breath of God will touch a thing and cause it to come alive again. That's you, that's me, and it's because of Jesus, the myrtle, (laughs) the intercessor who has decided to give us life, who's decided to call us into a place of sharing his inheritance. His intercession is that powerful to fill us up again. Where things were once dead, he makes them, he brings life in abundance with multiplication behind it. So those two scriptures, and there are so much more, these two give powerful testimony to what was happening in that place of intercession, deciding to connect with one's destiny for the sake of another, an entire group's destiny. Um, I think the message that the Lord was releasing through Esther is, when we talk about both of her names, I will use your brilliance. As you stand in a place of darkness, as you stand in this place of high influence, you've been put in the palace for a reason. You have been given that position for a reason, and I'm going to use your brilliance. You're going to shine a light in the dark places, and you're going to bring deliverance to my people, and you're going to advance my kingdom as a result. What was lost, you will cause it to be found. What was blocked, you will cause it to be released with acceleration. Anything that was hindered because of the advancements of the enemy. When you shine bright, you bring forth the glory of God to hit that thing and break away all powers of darkness. You bring deliverance. You bring freedom. You bring life. Every believer has this call on their lives. Every single one of us do. And remember what I asked you to do in episode 32. I said, ask God, what's your name? And how does it point to your destiny? What is the favor on your life? And how does that serve to direct you? And where do you want me to go? What is the charge and the assignment you have for me in this season? What and why? Esther had one identity. Child of God. You and I. That's our identity first. We're children of the Most High God. But her identity, her destiny played out in a world again, that was dark, a place where there was oppression and they were not allowed to freely worship God. That's where her destiny played out. That's where she was going to shine the brightest. So I just want to encourage you that you may not be called to be a pastor. You may not be called to be a deacon or an elder. You just may not be called to be inside of the church where light already shines but you probably are called to be a brilliant star and a myrtle, a place of uh, evergreen, a sweet fragrance that represents the kingdom of God where the kingdom of God isn't celebrated or famous. That might be where you're called. You might be called to the business world. You might be called to politics. 
You might be called to education. Those places, none of us can say, at least in America, those places are glorifying God first and foremost. We can't say that here. And even though the enemy would prefer to kill off every Christian who would want to get to that place of influence, kill them off in the sense of taking away their identity, just uh, stripping them of what is rightfully theirs, he would want to do that. But Jesus is standing as your intercessor. He is standing in the gap with this resolute attitude, fixed mindset. You're going to stand in your place of influence. You're going to take what is yours. You are going to grab your inheritance because when you do, when you stand in the first name you received, child of God, when you stand in what you were ordained to do, you will bring light into the dark places and you will cause my kingdom to increase. Multiplication will be in your midst. It's a promise. So I just want to encourage you to be a Christian without borders. Be a Christian who isn't locked up in the four walls of a church. I don't care how big your church is. I don't care if it's a mega church with 35 locations around the world, 80 locations around the world. I don't care. You need to get out of the box and be the Christian without borders who knows that they have an assignment to be an influencer, to be an advocate of the kingdom of God, to shine brilliantly. Father, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you that neither one of us as your children are void of power, are void of light, are void of influence, are void of intellect, are void of capabilities, are void of tools, are void of resources. Each one of us have what it takes to go forward to advance in the path of our destiny. Your thoughts towards us are good. Your thoughts towards us are about our future, our well-being. Everything that you speak on our lives, it's about victory. I thank you for your intercession over us, Lord Jesus. I thank you that you fight for our future. So shall we as well. I declare over every individual listening, if you are a child of God, if you are deciding to become a child of God, I declare over you that no weapon in hell shall form against you, but you shall prosper in the things of God concerning your life, concerning the identity of a child of God. You will prosper in it. If you're not a believer, but you're thinking you definitely want to decide, <laughs> Jesus is your intercessor, your savior, your brilliant, shining light that is an evergreen, beautiful essence. Pray this prayer. Jesus, be my brilliant light, be my savior, the one who gives me everlasting life, the one who has an inheritance for me, the one who has an assignment for me on this earth. I'm deciding right now that as I receive you as my Lord and savior, because you were sent on this earth to die for my sins, I'm deciding to take the assignment and run with it. What do you have for me? What do I do next? Jesus, I think you're absolutely beautiful. We love you.